Hello everyone and welcome aboard the Gilded Lily. If you're new to the show, we are an improvisational and collaborative storytelling podcast that's focused on telling fun, character-driven stories. Now, what does that mean? Well, we sit down here at our desks, pick up a quill and pretend to be someone we're not, using these uh, funny-shaped rocks with numbers on them. We're here to weave a tale for you to enjoy. Second by second, line by line. This one here is about a few college roommates who abandon higher education and accidentally become pirates. Well, hopefully the good kind. Our story is being told with a game system you may or may not be familiar with. Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition. We loosely rely on this system to tell our own stories independent of the lore and problematic content that often comes with these dungeons and dragons as you pull them out of the box. In short, it just means that we use dice to decide what happens next to our funny little characters. What adventures will our rascals get into this week? Well, let's roll some dice and find out together. To kick this off quick, brief recap on what we just did in our previous episode, slash 10 minutes ago, <laughs> was <laughs> we had a little powwow with Kothak in his office. It was kind of a, what do we know, where are we going planning session. You share details that you learned about these creatures. You learned some things about Drogma's wing. Got a little character introduction to Susanna, the bard of the Gilded Lily, and did some poking and prodding at this weird... Stingray skeleton axe you have, and found out one, the coral zaps you if you touch it. Two, you don't really know much about about it besides that, except that it's magical. And you've charted a course to the city of New Bismuth. Now this session is going to be a little different than a couple of the other ones we've been in. It's going to be just a variety of scenes on the travel back to kind of highlight character moments and cool little things that you normally don't get. When your characters, you know, roaming through the woods and encountering kobolds and wolves and all that jazz. Because you're on a boat. It's in the ocean. There's not much out here. Aside for other boats occasionally. So, I would like to ask you guys. The trip back is going to be 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 days back. Up the Bismuth Channel. The same way you came when you were first there. Along the way, you will still have your kind of normal duties on the ship which would be, you know, keeping watch, helping crew organize things. Occasionally, Henry, the ship's cook, will like occasionally request one of you to help him prepare food in the morning and things like that. But for the most part, it's a lot of smooth sailing along the way. Along this trip, you do know that Vapa wants to meet with all of you to teach you something. But before we get to that, is there anything you all would like to do on the ship? It could be scenes together. It could be a solo scene like oh i want to investigate this on my own time and we can play that out or like oh i want to meet up with everybody and do this thing well two things because first of all it doesn't have to be a full scene but i just wanted to say that when henry uh, asks me to help with cooking 
I am terrible and I don't do this right. And I am using prestidigitation to mask the fact that I completely botched it and it tastes horrible. Okay, hold on. I want to do a <laughs> tiny little scene here. So let's say two days into your 10-day trip back, Henry comes to you. Joanna, I, I I could use a little bit of a hand just doing the prep for this particular meal. Um, it's a lot to handle myself. Um, do you think you can help me out? Yeah, I can do that, but maybe like mostly peeling and chopping. I am not a very good cook. Okay, that is great to know. Um, so I won't let you do any of the spicing. Okay, come on down. He leads you down to his quarter. He's pulled out a table to start doing prep for tonight's dinner. What are we having? Let's make a meal, guys. <laughs> Huh. Fish stew. Fish stew. Okay, so along the way, the crew has been kind of fishing off the deck throughout the day. Just reeling in food and fish. The catches you've got are kind of weird. And in particular, now you don't know how someone managed to catch this. It is absurd because the damn fish is so big. But it's called a plate maul, which in our world, it would be... Hmm, where's this creature's actual name? Because it looks real dumb. It only has a scientific name great. In our world, it would be called a Dunkleostis, which is actually like a um, extinct dinosaur. But imagine like a giant fish, like maybe 20 feet long with these big, big plate-like teeth. I'm going to post a picture in our chat here so y'all can see how dumb he looks. Um, but they managed to catch one of those. The meat is okay. Oh my god. Yeah, he looks dumb. Like big dumb. But yeah, so this big, big fish, they managed to catch one. It's fairly old, and you spend the day with him, kind of, he's teaching you how to cut through the meat and things like that. I'm imagining Joanna just, because it looks like it's armored, and it has, like, this thick, protective scales around its head. And I'm just, with my huge sword, like, going, Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Now, yeah, so you're cutting through it. You see occasionally people walk by and they're like looking at this skeptically and Henry's just like, he like put his hands up. It'll be good. It'll be good. I promise. It'll be really, really good. Ah! (laughs) Yeah. You're behind him cutting it all up. And over the next like two hours of you just helping him cut this up and prep it, he gets the stew together. Now you said you're a bad cook and he said he didn't want you to spice things. Would you like to do a roll or would you like to just tell me how you've ruined this? told me to throw in like a few cloves of garlic crushed and instead I like put the entire like bulb of garlic instead of a clove so like instead of three cloves of garlic I put three bulbs of garlic basically okay so this is a question for all of you but oh no does anyone else see that as a problem um yes I may have a very particular set of taste buds but when a recipe says one garlic I put in way too much like if it says one, I do 500% of whatever it asks for. What? Why? That's insane. I really do like garlic also, and I use garlic a lot in seasoning, but I'm saying that basically this is no longer a fish stew. This is a garlic uh, okay. stew. It's a garlic stew that kind of <laughs> smells fishy. Okay, I, I'm on board It's a fishy garlic this. stew at this point. Yeah, so at this point... <laughs> You have all kind of gotten dinner and everyone is sitting down and everyone is kind of assorted themselves below deck and you can just hear the discomfort. Mm, it smells like fish, but I can't taste anything. <laughs> and how do you feel about this, Ioana? I was thinking that I would be like, before the stew is served, the mistake will be discovered. Oh <laughs> and no. I am going to like, 
I can fix this, I can fix this, and I'm gonna cast Prestidigitation on the entire pot, but I, like, again, mess it up, and instead of changing the taste so it tastes like a good fish stew, mm-hmm. it tastes like something completely different. It tastes like a uh, stray thought popped at my head at the last possible moment, and it's uh. basically fish stew that really is full of garlic, but tastes like fruit salad or something. Okay, because what I love is Prestidigitation, how long does it last? For one hour. You flavor okay, up to one cubic foot of non-living material for one hour. Okay. I was going to say, because it'd be very funny. I'm imagining Henry outside. Hey, everybody. Food's good. Come on. And he steps in. Oh, it looks so good. You Right after you pre- cast Prestidigitation, he tastes it. Hmm. Wow. That, how did it do that? And he turns around and walks out and the spell wears off. <laughs> No, it's it's for one hour. But if somebody is late, okay. somebody is late for dinner, they're getting the abomination that I made. Okay, yeah. So uh, all right, so let's set the scene. Everyone has kind of gotten their food. There's a big line. Everyone's eating. It hasn't quite been an hour yet, and they're all eating. You're kind of eating this as well, and you're like, hmm, okay, this tastes pretty good, considering what I did to it. And across the way, you see Neil. He has just gotten a bowl, and it's it has just occurred to you. Uh oh. And you watch him, mm, smells so good. And he like sits down and takes like one of the metal spoons and just, and his whole mouth puckers up and he just stops. And you watch his eyes dart around and he's looking at everybody and everyone else is eating it. And you watch his nose crinkle and his eyes tighten and he just gives it a hard swallow. And he's looking around and nobody else is reacting this way to the foods. You see him look down at the bowl and he sighs. He takes another scoop repeat and he's like trying so hard to not say anything oh poor guy but you know what you've done just like burn because of so much garlic yeah <laughs> but would would press digitation stop that burning sensation like it would make no. it taste good but it would just be like it would taste good but it would feel spicy and you're like wow what did this i didn't even know we bought spice <laughs> oh god yeah so the next day everyone's gonna have garlic breath and not know why <laughs> 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 I like this. So, with that, this this kind of goofy little scene here passes us by. Is there anyone else that would like a little scene along the way? We're currently in day two, like the evening of day two of our ten day trip. Probably just be off, like studying. Oh, me too. Where are you guys having your little study powwow? I assume that we're having it in my room. Yeah. Okay. Oh, this is. I like this. Have you done anything to make your room more comfortable, or is it just kind of like bare bones? There are books everywhere, so I'm comfortable. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so you step in and there are just piles of books. Yeah, just just clear some space, man. You, you can oh. sit anywhere. Um, I'll just move these here and put this here. I'll make a stack that's like a couple books high, and I'll take another stack and make it even higher, like halfway higher, and then shuffle them all the way to the wall and then i basically made myself a book chair yeah i was in my head i was like we're gonna pan away and see a chair that's made of books Mm -hmm. it's not i'm not a big guy so it doesn't have to be too many books either Mm -hmm. uh zira yeah what's up you want a study group i'm trying to get in a little study we've been kind of busy all this time uh goop monsters uh axes and maybe dragons I know, I missed out on so much book time, all right? Yeah, 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 definitely. I think, so, like, I just, yeah, I, I plop my book down, and come, oh, man, that, sorry, but did you like the soup last night? 
It was it was okay. I was a little late and um it tastes a little weird, but I didn't say anything. I've had worse. Halfway through the dish it suddenly tastes vile. Yeah, right. <laughs> huh? It was weird because it tasted like it was spicy. Like it, it kinda of burned a little bit. It's weird. I'm not a big spice fan. I, I thought that's what they meant to do, you know? Is that not normal? I'm guessing it was magic. I don't know. But you studied Wait a minute. You studied Didn't it What? Didn't Joanna didn't she have something to do with dinner last night? Uh-huh. I feel like that would make a lot of sense if she did. <laughs> I just I thought that the cook was maybe use some magic spice. That makes sense too though. You study Onomancy, right? Yes. Oh, um, and you were if I'm not mistaken, you were a teacher's assistant, right? A teacher's assistant? Yeah. In one of my classes I was the assistant, yeah. Now I'm not saying like you know, maybe I, I give you a gold or something to teach me a little something, something about onomancy. I don't know. It's not really something that everyone could do. But if I can help you out, for sure, man. I mean, just, you know, teach me the theories. I I love math. I love it. And it, it's interesting. I rummage through my things and I pick up a, a book and I hand it to you. It's basically, you know, onomancy for dummies. You, you, you can pick something up. And then I just... And I start looking at the onomancy for dummies. Okay. Roll me an arcana check, I think. Okay, well, Metal Die, you've been good to me with that one roll. Oh, freak yeah, that is natural 20. Wow, okay. Hold on, arcana, that's a 24. Holy shit. Good, good, get the natural 20s out now. I know all the magics. Um, so just reading through this book, you don't quite necessarily understand how the magic works. You've never seen spellcraft like this, but you do understand the, the kind of theory of it in you working through this, this kind of book. The first whole kind of chapter of it is just talking about how originally onomancy was the study of language and magic in language and like how magic can root itself and find power in language. Like, you know for a fact, and it's kind of cool for you because you're you're a wizard. There are certain things you say and certain incantations you know when you cast your magic that like you've kind of practiced every night learning. And onomancy is specifically the study of how language gives power like that, which is just something you've never really, you've heard of it mentioned once or twice, but it's like not a widely known thing. And when you're reading through it, you learn you kind of get on the topic of true names, which is something you've seen Zira do. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you, Zira. Hmm. Are you just giving Riley the book to let him read through it, or do you want to like actually teach him something? In my head, I'm assuming that even if I teach him, he can't do it, so mm-hmm. I'll just let him read through it. And what he picks up, he can pick up. Okay, um, so you're kind of watching him as he's reading through, and it reaches the section of true names, which is something kind of odd to you and it's a very nebulous concept like a true name can give a mage power and you kind of know just from reading a little bit that sometimes if you're trying to summon a creature from the outer planes if you know its name it becomes easier to obtain easier to contact easier to reach like that can there's a connection that happens there but what's kind of odd about it for you at least is that true names are they can be nebulous a true name isn't always the name you're born with and may not even be the name that everyone calls you. If for some people, a true name might be a nickname as opposed to their real name because a true name is something that's kind of part of your identity. It's who you define as who you are. 
Mm -hmm. And knowing that can give an edge when you're casting magic. And Onomancy is basically the study of exploring how to bend and twist the power of language. While you're going through that, Zira, what would you like to be studying? I am reading that book that I finally got back from Kovac. Oh, cool. I'm just taking hello mm -hmm. notes left and right. The book you stole. <laughs> the book that I acquired from the library. I love you. Like I used to be. Uh, yeah, I was a. I was a TA. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I definitely helped a teacher sometimes. So you know. <laughs> Obviously, wasn't a good one. Just he just she just threw books at the students. It was like, here you go. <laughs> Uh, excuse me, I was good at what I did. Thank you very Have much. Have you ever been a TA? That's basically what you do. Pretty much. No, I want to be taught hands-on <laughs> stuff, man. Okay, so you're studying through this book. Is there anything in particular you're trying to root out or learn? I'm trying to figure out, so I know that I can get, you know, some kind of control once I speak their true name. But I'm, mm -hmm. I'm trying to just dig more into that, like, what more I can do. I don't really know the true extent of my powers yet, so. Roll me, yeah, roll me an, Arca an Arcana check, I think, is how we do this. Because there are other really cool features of Onomancy Wizards, and maybe you can start to grasp them, but not quite understand how to use them yet. Like you just open a book to a high-end concept or something. I got 20. I don't know what added to Arcana. I got 23. Nice. Are you proficient in Arcana or no? No, not proficient. Okay, so reading through this book, um, you uh, you step onto a, a concept that is kind of new to you. It was never really covered in your studies, but it's called resonant, a resonant onomancy. Weirdly enough, this concept fits in exactly with what I kind of want resonance to be. What you know now is that if you learn someone's true name, you can empower them or you can kind of weaken them a little bit, like make them sluggish or not as effective as they could be. You read through bits about it, how you can use true names to summon, creatures and things of that nature. But when you land on this thing called resonant onomancy, it's something a little highbrow for you. You don't quite get the mechanics of it, but you know that with enough practice, when you learn someone's true name, you're getting attached to a, they talk about the, a figment of the soul. That's what the true name is kind of represents in these teachings, like an anchor. And you kind of grab onto this figment of who they are and use it to exert a little influence. Resonant utterance is something that onomancers consider very dangerous because the only time they've ever been able to ever truly tested it was against demons and creatures that are touching their minds would drive you to madness. Okay. Because if you practice this enough, you will eventually be able to in learning someone's true name, connect your soul with theirs briefly. And in that spark, in that connection, you can empower yourself in ways that are very strange. Like there's a diagram here of two individuals and one with an icon of them speaking. And from their fingers, you can see weaves of rope that look like puppetry strings. And you can see them yanking the person and controlling them. You can see diagrams that look like you were draining vitality and power from the people you were casting on. A lot of it is kind of grim because you didn't really know that your magic was capable of things that are these kind of, what a lot of people would consider in terms of magic, something you shouldn't do often. And then there are also other ones where learning someone's true name can ward them and protect them from things. You can be this kind of beacon of protection from powers they don't quite understand. And while you're sitting here flipping through these books, you suddenly 
get a whiff of gunpowder on your nose. And you're like, well, that's weird. Do you do anything? I notice the smell, definitely. <laughs> Maybe I, I ask Riley, do you smell that, dude? Do I smell it? Do you smell it? It smells like, like gunpowder? Only a perception check. Me or him? Riley. It just occurred to me that this is very lowbrow humor, but that is exactly what someone would say who just farted and it smells really bad. That's hilarious. <laughs> perception? Yes. I'm rolling pretty, pretty good tonight. 19. Yeah, so with your perception, you get like a faint smell of gunpowder, like tingling your nose, and you look over and you see that the door to this room has been cracked open a little. Yeah, I, I do. Did you? What's the door? When I, clutch, I clutch my book. I close it and I have it in my hands. I'm like, yo. Did you open that door? I just asked you that. Uh, no. Uh, I'm gonna... I, I, I peek out the door. Hello? Your voice echoes down to the chamber into the open hall where everyone has their kind of sleeping bags and, like, hammocks. Okay. Nothing. What time of day is it? I'm assuming it's still on that second evening, so nighttime. Okay, so just after dinner. Yeah, I was assuming, like, we, we started, like, in the evening and it might be, like, nighttime at this time after reading so long. Uh, hello? Didn't they say something about this place being haunted? As you say that, you hear behind you, like up along the wall. I quickly shut the door. Is this, it, can this lock, can, can this lock? Um. Yeah, you can lock it. Lock the door. <laughs> I lock it and I, I get in the furthest corner away from that noise. I jump over on my books. No, I, did you hear that too? Definitely, that's why I'm trying to run away. While you're in the corner, you hear it again along the ceiling. In the room or outside? In the room. In the room. In the room. I thought you meant. I thought you meant that we heard the noise outside when I went to check outside of the room. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm. 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 I'm going. I'm going to cast Expedition Retreat and get the hell out of here. <laughs> Roll me a dexterity save. <laughs> Can I use Misty Step and go through a wall? Yeah, I bet <laughs> you can teleport to places you can see, right? I think that's right. Yeah, you have to see. <laughs> okay. Um, you can't, you'd have to like peek through the door to be able to teleport through. <laughs> Wait, I'm doing a deck save? Yep. 15. Yeah, 15. You cast Expeditions Retreat and you're about to sprint to the door and you notice a very thin string has been tied up between both your beds and you stop. Do you keep running? Oh my God, is it? Is it a chat? Is it a, like a tripwire? I, I notice it. I'm freaked out too much to even care. I could Do you run through it? Can I just jump over it? Yeah, yeah, you can step over it. You saw oh, yeah, it. yeah. Why would just expeditiously? <laughs> you step over it, and as you reach the door, you can hear the door handle, like shaking, like someone's trying to pry it open. It like as you reach your hand out, it's shaking in front of you, like t turning. Like someone's trying to get in. Yeah, that's the that's a good way to describe it to you guys. It looks like someone's trying to get in from the other side. I don't like the way you worded that, man. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. Sorry, I, I am physically confused right now. Wait, okay. So we were studying. We smelled sulfur or whatever, right? Gunpowder. The door was open, so I checked the door and looked out, mm -hmm. and I we heard something on the ceiling inside, in the right? Room. Yeah, so basically you me. looked outside, like the, you heard a noise in the direction of the door. You walked up, opened it up and looked out. Hello? Nobody here. Okay. You close the door and lock it. Then you hear the skittering. Okay. And then I decided to cast Expeditious Retreat and book it outside the room. 
mm -hmm. hopping over a very thin wire that was placed between the bed, like but the bed and the wall in here. Okay. Is the wire still between me and the door, or am I on the other side of that wire? Yeah, between you and the door. Actually, I don't even think you know it's there. Riley just, because he was running, and he just I hopped over And I wouldn't have said anything, because yeah. I just booked it. Um... <laughs> Bye, Zira! Is there any windows in my room? Uh, there's a very small porthole window that looks outside. Can I open it? It has a little latch. It's definitely not big enough for you to climb through, if that's what you're thinking. <laughs> and there's ocean below you, and the ship is moving. The door is open now, because Riley left? Yeah, it was cracked open, Riley closed it, locked it, and then as Riley runs up to the door, the handle is moving like there's something on the other side trying to get get in. <laughs> I want to say what I would use, but I've already smelt gunpowder, and I don't know what's Oh, up. no. <laughs> Wait, um, yeah. Okay, uh, I'm irrational. It doesn't matter if the, if the doorknob's shaking, like someone wants to get in, I would open it and just run out you reach forward for the door handle and your hand stops about a foot and a half before the door handle and you feel something hot and warm and then hot you hear warm? yeah and then you hear <laughs> as you you hear something skitter up the door towards the ceiling uh, yo how many hit points do you have dude <laughs> what are how you much, gonna do? How wait, much did we? Oh wait, we, we it was it's the next day, so I'm gonna I have we have full. Because <laughs> remember, I took the I took the lightning damage, oh, yeah. and I didn't even remember to pop it back up when we slept. So Zira, she doesn't get scared often, but when she does get scared, she acts a bit irrationally. Okay. <laughs> um. This isn't my room. I have to go to sleep. <laughs> And I open the door and leave expeditiously. Wait, as soon as you say this isn't my room, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I cast Shatter right in the center of the room. <laughs> oh, what are you? Hold on, you said it's called Shatter. What does that do? Shatter. I will, I will put it in here. It's not a smart move, but it's my biggest. <laughs> no, attack, it's so. not. <laughs> <laughs> Someone will come in, and they will. Me, We're gonna see. I expeditiously <laughs> get out of here. Okay, so shatter is a is a saving throw. So Riley, you get a saving throw. I'd say with advantage because you're sprinting fast. And I will roll a saving throw as well. Oh, you said with advantage. It's a dex saving. It's a Constitution save. Twenty thunder damage. <laughs> what a go! <laughs> and it, the the structures take double. I think. Huh? Structures. The ship. You said constitution? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 17, oh. rolled so you 16, passed. plus 1. I'm so, so you only take 10. Inanimate objects take double. Wait, what? He's gonna sink us. Oh, God. <laughs> damage to the ship. <laughs> What's your save, DC? No. No way. <laughs> no, what is your save, DC? 13. Okay, I just passed. Oh, my God. The oh ship my God. The Wait, ship for the ship or for the thing? The ship doesn't get a saving throw. I don't think so. <laughs> do I need to do a saving Yana, throw you? We need a mending over here. I'm assuming someone hurt. We need that. a miracle. We need a mending. <laughs> a mending of my arm back to my body, maybe. <laughs> Shatter rolled the damage. Your damage on Shatter was... 20. 20. 20 damage. I hate you. Okay. So here's what happens. Riley, you're swinging the door open. 
and you hear, what does it look like when you cast this spell? I like point right in the center, like where I want it, which is the center of the room. And it's just like this little, this little tiny ball. And then that ball emanates a super loud noise. And then boom, explosion. Okay. Well, not explosion. I don't know if it's an explosion. It's basically a, a crack of thunder that damages everything around it. It's force damage, right? Or thunder damage? Thunder damage. So it's like okay. a, it kind of creates a little bit of a shock. So, with Riley, you hear a... A crack of thunder behind you. And what did you pass the save? Yes. Roll the so 17. you take 10 thunder damage. Your ears are ringing. You tumble forward and hit the wall. You impact a door. And as this sound goes off, Yuana, where are you at? <laughs> Maybe I am, like, trying to attune to the axe. Where? <laughs> oh. Somewhere where I'm not alone, like... I would have been with her, though. <laughs> That's the I really hope okay, yeah, okay, no, 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 so so maybe not with the axe. Uh, maybe I am helping Vapa with something. Okay, so you're up on the deck of the ship. Maybe Vapa is, she's like trying to walk you through a little bit of how this magic ring works and you're kind of not paying attention too much. Maybe it's the, the dinner problem still in your brain, <laughs> keeping you distracted. But Vapa's like, okay, so these rings, they're all filled with arcane power. There are spells woven within them. And if you reach down and touch and she touches the ring, you can trigger up, and then you hear. You hear right. a crazy loud explosion. What did you do? Why would you do this? That that was not me. This does not have violet magic. What is happening? Oh, but you did it. <laughs> oh no. We cut back down. Riley flying forward, hitting the wall. <laughs> I need you to roll me a save as well, Zira. Me? Yeah, because it damages all creatures. Bro, it's a small room. Uh... Is my room even 10 feet? <laughs> it's like you're you're right on the borderline of that. Oh and it's God. a 10-foot radius. That means it's a 20-foot across circle. <laughs> I rolled the... Wait, what is this? It's a constitution save. You have to beat 13. It's just purely the number I do, or do I get any pluses? Um, no, no it's, it'll say it on your sheet. Right under proficiency bonus you have your saving throws. You add whatever it says to that. So you're gonna look at the third saving throw. No, you do not have a con, you, you get a plus one. <laughs> it doesn't help. Um, I mean, I I'm had perfect. a plus one. I'm perfect. I have a four, plus one. So this bomb of thunder damage goes off and your ears are ringing and roll me a con save. Con save? Yeah, another one. 18 this time. Okay, 18, you pass. But as this explosion goes off, this burst of sound ro rolls through the ship. You hear the glass behind you shatter. And at the beneath the bed, you hear a, a shatter of glass and you see a pulse of white light and you just close your eyes and you open your eyes and you can't hear anything. But you do see fucking right splat against the back of the door is the form of a tiny red individual. He has a little tail with a little point at the end. There are two like, bat wings upon his back and he has these two tiny little stubby horns on the top of his head and he's sp splat into the wall like a cartoon and you watch his body start to dissolve in the mist and he goes kaboom <laughs> did he die the, the body falls off the wall and he dissolves into black smoke
Hey there, sea cucumbers. I hope the seas are calm for you on this Monday. We've got some fun updates. If you like our new cosmic album art, we've added pins of it on Redbubble. And you can now find that on our website, www.toapodcast.com. You'll find a nice little link to our shop front in the top right of our website banner. Nowadays, we have a lot of ways for you to support the show. You know, the usual. Following us on socials, liking our Facebook page, or, you know, like I just said, buying some merch from our shop. Every penny you spend goes towards helping us fund this show. This week, we're cross-promoting Shrimp and Crits. You hear kind of a stirring within it, and out pops a raccoon, and it scratches your face for one harm. That is unacceptable. At the same time, Ray Ray, while you're talking to Leo... Oh, God, I'm so bad with names... While you're, if only I had a list of them right in front of me. <laughs> um, while you're talking to Leo, you notice out of the corner of your eye something moving, and there is actually a bear approaching the two of you. He doesn't see it yet. Dang! Leo, come get back. Right, right. I think this is yours. <laughs> what you just heard is a clip from Shrimp and Crits, our actual play podcast where we play Monster of the Week for your tiny little ear holes. New episodes are available to download every other week on Mondays on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you can, please rate us, subscribe to us so you can get notifications when new episodes release and leave a review. The things you've said so far have been incredible. Find us online on Instagram and Twitter at Shrimp and Crits. And you can also go to our website, shrimpandcrits.com. Thank you for listening and welcome to Sunny Gullicochica. All right. Let's get back to the show. You killed the ghost. He's gone. No, but did I kill him is the question. (laughs) It looks like it. And then we cut back up to the deck. Ioana, you're with Vapa. She stands up. We should probably go check in on that, yeah? Yes. Yes, we should. I want you to know. uh, Actually, we'll let Kothak assess the damage because it's funnier. The two of you quickly make your way down, and at this point, a crowd has gathered around Simozero's room. Oh no! This happened after you were reading the damn book. Oh! He said, "Be careful with the book." No, that's not fair. I know, but it looks bad. It looks really bad. Rally's just like writhing in pain out front because I'm assuming, in my mind. He was just throttled and hit the door across from Zira's room. And he's yep. just like in the middle of the walkway and he's just like, Ugh. As this, so you're in the middle of the walkway and the door opens and you can see the purple skinned tiefling, Susanna. What the hell happened? And at this point, there's been, there's a crowd kind of gathered in this little hall of security rooms and Kothak pushes through. And at, at the same time, you see Vapa and Ioana quickly coming down the stairs and they make their way over and Kothak goes, what the hell is happening? Is everyone all right? Oh God, Riley, are you okay? I kind of run up to pick up our Riley from the I floor. I open up my eyes. I see people talking. I have one hit point. <laughs> Riley's just like, what? Did you say something? <laughs> you have one hit point, and uh, Zero, you are absolutely deaf right now. <laughs> no, see, I use relentless endurance. Okay, so I went no, from no. zero. <laughs> you're that knocked you're you deaf. out. You're oh deaf. God, you're you killed deaf. yourself. You're oh deaf. no. You're not. You're not dead. You're deaf. He said. You're, okay. Yeah. So you're. You're deaf. Yeah. Wait. So did you oh, get? Oh, I'm deaf. Like I can't hear. Yeah. Oh, no. you can't hear. 
Yeah. Like your ears are ringing and you see Kothak look in the room and he looks at you and you can't hear what he's saying, but his expression turns, his face is red and he looks angry and he's yelling. What do okay. you do? For one, I'm probably still clutching my book. <laughs> and then two, I, can I tell that I can't hear anything? Yeah, like it's very clear that the ringing is loud. You're like, I am deaf right now. Okay, so I am probably louder, and I'm like, Hello? I can't hear you right now, but there was a thing in this room, and I got scared, so I blew it up. <laughs> and, and at this point, as you're saying this, your hearing is starting to come back, and you hear Kothak going, what the hell, what did you do? This is going to take days, this is going to take days to fix. I am so sorry, but I'm going to repeat myself. There was something in this room, Okay. Mr. Sir, Mr. Kothak, sir, there was a thing. It was red, it had a tail, and it went poof, and it went black smoke. I don't know if it's dead. Throw me a persuasion check. What uh, the hell was that? And now they all go, oh no, that was Fred, our friendly imp. What was that? <laughs> Please, no. oh, oh, it hurts. We got a nine. A nine, okay. Do I get advantage? Because I'm telling no. the truth. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'd help, but I'm currently writhing in pain. And I'm also, can I see Riley? Yeah, you can see him on the, he's like sitting on the floor, writhing. I'm going to be like, yo, he saw it too. He didn't. Wait, is, Yona said that he picked me up? Oh, Are she you did. just cradling me? Yeah, I'm kind of like, like calling you like, like you're a little kid. Okay. And, and then I look at Zira and I see that Zira looks like she is like almost dead. There's like, blood coming out of her nose. Oh my god, Zira! And my ears probably too. Yeah. Out of, out of character, Riley's like, imposter! No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't play. <laughs> just, just kidding, just kidding. Just writhing. <laughs> Can, can, can somebody help them? I don't know any healing magic. They... Oh, God. What what okay. happened? Okay. I'm pretty sure that I put my book in my my waistband, and then I probably just pass out after that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you tuck it under as you see Kothak kind of making his way forward to you, and you just pass out. Um, and as this happens, Kothak is assessing the situation. So I want to be clear. Your ship, the Gilded Lily, you have access to its stat sheet. We're using the Unearthed Arcana rules for ships. The Gilded Lily has 350 hit points. Oh, okay. And there's a damage threshold, which means if you damage is usually ignored unless you pass the threshold. The damage threshold is 15. You have just done 40 damage to you your ship. You idiots! <laughs> no, wait, what? Hold on. It's what double that? damage. Does what? double damage double to damage objects and structures. Objects, and that is an object and structure. You rolled 15. And double oh, no, that. He rolled, he, no, he rolled 20. He rolled 20. Rolled 20? Double that to 40, yeah. But, like, we're fine, though, right? Like, the, the ship is fine. It's a, it, it, you took a big it's chunk like a of little, the points away. It's like a little burnt a little bit. I took 40 out of 310. Come on. You're unconscious, and you guys look, and Ioana, you're like, you see Kothak assessing the damage, and you can see that the dwarf, the whole wall of Zero's room, has been pushed outward and bent. It's in like a, almost a U shape and the wood oh, is all no. splintered. There are holes in the walls adjacent and there's like clearly a big hole. Well, there's a bunch of holes in the back of the ship, but weirdly enough, they're leaving a silhouette of where <laughs> Zira 
was pressed <laughs> against the wall by the spell and it just destroyed the wood around her. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh, and Kothak it? goes, it's it's bad. Um, Kothak looks around and goes, I don't feel so good. There is something in the room and he's looking around and he sniffs the air. Am I still awake or am I actually passed out? Because I don't you're know. You're passed out. The, yeah, oh, you're geez. passed out. All right. Riley, say something about the smell. <laughs> back to, back to your stations. It's fine. Zira will be fixing the damage over oh. the course of our trip. Someone decided to nuke the imp instead of, you know, hitting him with a shovel like a normal person. Oh, and he just walks right out now. of the room. <laughs> Roll me a, a, um, a constitution check. See if you wake up. You have to roll over a 10. I got a 9. God. Uh, a 9 again. Oh, my God. No, plus 1. You have a 10. Yes! Okay. So I'm awake. You wake up. You hear Kothak saying his back is to you. He's walking into the room. Instead of hitting it with a shovel like a normal person. And he, like, turns and walks out. And I'm just like, I couldn't see him! It's not my fault. I feel like I'm, like, barely to blame here. I want my mommy. <laughs> barely to blame. <laughs> Says the kid holding the lighter and the ignited firework. <laughs> I like gently put Riley down next to Zira and I'm like, I I'm going to go and find somebody who can heal you up. You both look very damaged. Don't move. Don't, don't, don't do anything. I'll find somebody to heal you. And I kind of run away and... Uh... Did someone say frostbite? <laughs> <laughs> no. No one said frostbite. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I might you have can't a frostbite your wounds. I might, have a, I might have a concussion. Maybe. <laughs> You're fine. Roll, roll okay. Who would I run to bring them somebody who can... Do we have a medic on board? Yeah. I'm looking up at... Yeah, you guys have a surgeon, um, Gaspard Bodwin. Yes, I'm looking that's up what I was... His stat block. Why, why would you... Why would you do that? Why? It why? was the thing. I thought it was gonna attack us. You could have just ran with it. If we ran, then we wouldn't have been able to stop the thing that might have attacked us. We could have called for help. Uh, okay, so you find Gaspard. He's wearing kind of his, what looks like his pajamas because it's later at night. They're very simple, like very clean white cloth, a pajama robe that goes all the way down. On their head, they have like a, a golden weave, like little hat that's kind of flopped off to the side. And it's like the standing. one that has a little puffball at the end. Yeah, yeah a little puffball yeah. at the end. And they have these kind of big round glasses on their face, and they're walking forward. What is going on? We, we, and, and uh, I'm like leading him down to trying to get him to move faster. And I'm like, and her eyes and her ears are, are, are bleeding and, and her nose as well. And they don't look very well at all. Uh, okay, can we okay, please I'm, hurry? I'm coming, I am coming. Let's go. You quickly lead them to Zira's room, and Zira is just lying. Like, what are you doing at this point, Zira? <laughs> I'm probably just like in the fetal position, just like same. trying to console myself. Like, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. Same. I'm whispering to myself. Worst study session ever. Worst study session ever. <laughs> oh, so you just gave me a thought. So, Ioana, as you turn the corner with Gaspard and they assess the scene, can you roll me, Zira? 2d4. More damage. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Not to you. I'm on death's door right now. Not to you. Please not to oh, me. Yeah. 2d4? Yep. TM, you know what would be so funny is if I used the uh, thingy. Would you roll? Three. Three. Um, Ioana, you look as you step into the room and you can see on the floor around oh, no. Zira 
are three leather-bound tomes that have been completely obliterated. They're just scattered in paper and scraps of leather from the explosion of this spell. I forgot the room was full of books. My books exploded. You can look that as you step in and assess the scene a little more, you can see that there are some spots where there are holes in the wall. There are clearly books jammed into those crevices. Like it detonated and just sent them like a book bomb. So the book was like the, the fodder inside the grenade, grenade of books. Yeah, a paper grenade, should uh, we say. Um, paper and Gaspard leans down and I'll, I'll give you two uses of cure wounds. Or maybe one, because he doesn't have that many spell slots. Cure wounds? How many is that? Actually, he'll give you one higher level cure wounds, so it's going to be 3d8 plus 3. So you can roll that if you'd like. Okay. Did I roll it? Twice. <laughs> yep. You get 17 or 20 hit points. Wow, you just undid all the damage you did. Aha! He touches you, and with one cure wounds, your ears suddenly stop ringing. The pressure in your nose from what is probably a broken nose has suddenly like stopped and you like feel like you're breathing fresh air again. Oh my god, did it like crack after it like sets and stuff? Oh, that's disgusting. No, I'm not going to get into that. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. We'll play with that later. But <laughs> all of your vitality comes back and Gaspar looks at you and goes, May the healing mistress watch over you when you fuck up again. Such despair and also confusion. But how could he say something like that to me? <laughs> uh, hey, not all priests are gonna be like hilarious. nice and holy or out thou. This is a pirate. <laughs> pirate priest. Thank you. Yeah. And he looks down at Riley. What's wrong with him? I, Can I, you hear me? You're a little bit muffled, I think. And I hit my head on that door across the way. He, he, like, reaches down and grabs your chin, look me in the eyes, and his hand, his fingers light up with a light cantrip. And he, like, follow the light, and he, like, moves his hand in front of your face. Red books, they said don't go towards the light. I am checking to see if you have a concussion. Follow the light. You follow just fine. I'm not going to say you have a concussion, that'd be nuts. Because you passed your save. If you didn't pass your save, maybe that'd be different. Um, but he goes, I'm going to heal you. Then you're going to go sit on the deck of the ship and stay awake for a while. Someone keep an eye on him. Make sure he does not fall asleep for a good hour, a few hours. Then he can get some rest to make sure he does not have a concussion. Okay. Yes, sir, Captain, sir. Plus three. How does it seem like Riley got hurt more than me when he took half the damage and I took the full print? Because I'm a small boy. Excuse me, you fucking fell unconscious i'm a small boy bro due to the stress not the injury okay oh wait well you did it knock how much hit points did you have so i have 20. <laughs> but oh, so then, it did not okay it did knock yeah, you out but knock i you used out. relentless what is it restless. well relentless endurance means you go unconscious then suddenly wake up oh okay never mind <laughs> never mind 2d8 plus what three Ah, cool, I got- I- I'm back to full! He heals you up, suddenly all the ringing's gone, the kind of dizziness you're experiencing it vanishes, and you can hear his words clearly as he says, Go sit on the deck of the ship, watch the rings, listen to the waves, do not fall asleep for a good two hours or so. Aye, aye, doctor. I am going you. back to bed, and he turns and starts to walk away. Do not wake me with an explosion again, please. I sheepishly say, 
Thank you. <laughs> Thanks again. <laughs> and we leave you all in the wreckage of this room. So we fast forward a little bit. Over the next two or three days of travel, Riley and Zira have been tasked with repairing the room and the hallway. Why, Riley? You were there. You were there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make them feel a little bit better by trying to salvage as many of Zira's damaged books as I can. I mean, I cannot do anything if there is like a page that was obliterated. I, I cannot fix mm -hmm. it. But if there's like cover falling apart or just stitching just disappeared and the book is just in pieces, I can mend it together. So they will look a little bit better. I'm assuming that since this is a punishment that probably I... I'm not allowed to help them with the fixing of the room, but at least I, like I can that. do that. At least yeah. I can do that. So the three books that have been damaged, you managed to repair them, though I'm going to say they weren't crazy important tomes to Zira. They're all important. Oh, they're all important. Okay. So which books would you like to cut off, you know, in the proverbial, if you could lose a finger scenario? Oh, no. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, I can't make that decision. Come on. That's Roll like choosing, it. like... Which one of my babies is, roll for is it. gonna? How do I? What do I roll? For? I don't. Oh. No, you don't. Just it. it hmm, okay, we'll explore this later. Does let's say there are three kind of instructional tomes about different schools of magic, like basic level, intro level, not stuff you do, but stuff that you really enjoy reading. Oh, which schools? Probably, probably evocation. Okay, evocation. Let them all just belong to evocation. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Okay, so... I like it because Shatter is evocation. <laughs> yeah, 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 I like this, so... Yeah, I just learned that one. <laughs> you've, you've destroyed, yes. The book that you learned evocation from is absolutely obliterated. No. <laughs> There's two tomes left. One of them is a copy of, like, Introduction to Evocation. Ioana repairs that, and there's a lot of blank pages left, but there's still a lot of it you can salvage. Now, this is the one that hurts. Oh, no. You had a second copy of that book, which you managed to stumble upon in a bookshop because it was signed by the author. No! And Ioana uses her magic to put it back together, and when she gives you the book, you look it up and you flip it open, and the signature's gone. <sighs> the first page where it was signed, there was, like, a note to the reader. It's just That's the part that got Dang it. Oh. Depreciated value now. Oh, you wanna? Ooh. <laughs> no, it's a book. It hurts me. It hurts Carolina. It, it, I'm not sure about your, <laughs> Joanna's reverence for books, but Carolina is crying inside. So you take the time to repair the ship. It takes you the better course of like working all day for the next two days because you basically have to rip out all the wood, use the spare they have, and rebuild everything to patch it up. You're like, C can we just patch it? And Kothak is like, no. <laughs> So they made you actually manually cut it out and reseal it and finish it. But we're going to fast forward a tiny bit. Ioana, where and when do you want to attune to this weapon? Definitely. I mean, I would like to like make some preparations. So I would definitely want to do that on the deck. Okay. 
and I want my friends to be there so that um, I'm not alone. And also, if there is any way that either like Vapa or or the surgeon can like cast some kind of magic spell that would help with that, like I don't know, some type of protection spell or like I don't know, a magic circle type of spell, like a ward of some sort. I don't know what kind of capabilities they have. This is definitely not something I can do myself. But if they can like mm-hmm. offer any kind of help so that if something goes wrong it is at least at least a little bit mitigated so after talking with vapa right now her current like magic arsenal is very like combat heavy just because she was expecting a fight and so she purchased a bunch of reagents and things like that now you are able to contact gaspard gaspard says what did, what are you worried about i mean what if it's terribly cursed and it turns me into a monster? Or what if it, I don't know, attaches itself permanently to my hand? Or what if I turn into a piece of coral when I try to swing it? Or I don't know, it's a powerful magic item. I don't know what it can do. Well, okay, I, I will get Vapa and we can keep an eye on you. If you get cursed, I can mitigate, maybe. I have some wards and protections from the healing mistress that may help. Good. And he reaches out his hand and puts it on your shoulder. And you're blessed. You're under the effect of a blessed spell. Okay. So let's do this. Okay. He sits down and just kind of (laughs) watches whatever you're doing. Vapa is there as well. And she says, don't worry. If anything happens, I can definitely knock you out. Or turn you into a little hamster and keep you in my pocket till it wears off. You know. I, I, I'm kind of thrown for a second because I'm imagining a little hamster with a rude bat familiar. <laughs> Adorable. Best of friends. The hamster's riding on it like it's a, it's yeah. a mouth. Oh, man. With a tiny sword. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and but... this is how it becomes a mouse guard campaign. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I would also be there. Okay. So let's assume this is after the ship has been repaired. Okay. You want You're standing here, the chest is in front of you. It's open. Inside, you can see this strange kind of alien-looking battle axe with the coral sitting with it. What do you do? Well, no time like right now. This spell will not last forever that Gaspard casts on me. So I'm just going to grab the handle of the axe and pull it out. And I want to kind of attune to it by going through like combat exercises, like swinging it, uh, testing the weight, and so on. Okay, so what I will say is you will be able to attune to this weapon, but there is going to be some kind of save involved. Oh, no. No, not... I I will tell you, it's not negative for now. Roll me, I think, a charisma save. This is more about a presence of With a d4, because there is a blessing. That's the only save in which I have plus zero. Natural 20! 20 plus one from the bless. 21. Holy... Nice. Okay, so you go through the battle dance of you with this large battle axe. First thing that catches you off guard is that it is very light. It's a lot lighter than you expected it to be. And like, you take a piece of wood just to see what it's capable of and bring the axe down to split it, and it cleaves it in half like you're cutting through butter. This thing is a beautiful weapon in terms of what it's capable of. And while you're going through this dance, this kind of you know, going through the motions of just feeling out the blade. Your whole body feels like it's tingling. Not in a bad way, but like, you know how like when your hand falls asleep, but it's not enough Mm -hmm. to be uncomfortable? Your whole body feels like that while you're going through this motion. 
And before you realize it, while you're going through this battle dance, you notice that all of your senses have become overwhelmed by this feeling, this buzzing, this electricity. And you look around and everyone is just kind of looking at you a little slack-jawed. Because what all of you see is while she's doing this, this movement, this dance, as the ax cars through the air, you can see it leaves electricity in its wake. Riley, when she like swings it past you, your nose tingles like it feels like someone touched you with static electricity. You can smell sea salt in the air. And Joanna, for a brief second, you become immediately aware of every person around you and where they are. You can feel the electricity inside them. Whoa. And then while you're doing the dance, you're suddenly pulled to a stop as your direction is pulled towards the ocean and you look in the distance and you can feel pulses of electricity fast and for a moment terrified. And in the distance, you can see sticking out of the water. It's a big piece of wood with a flag wavering in the wind in the middle of the Bismuth Channel, middle of the huge piece of ocean. You see the Emporo flag of the ship that you narrowly dodged drifting in the wind on a giant mast that's sticking out of the ocean. It looks like it's been shattered. Hey. Wait, but seeing this flag and this ship, is this like some kind of like supernatural sight and supernatural vision that I see it? Or uh, does uh, this attunement to this axe just draw my attention to it and it's just there and everybody can see it? Yeah, so you suddenly look and then as you're looking at it, you can hear a bell ringing and someone up in the crow's nest. Ship ahoy! Ringside, off in the distance, about two or three miles. You can hear it echoing down. You noticed the ship before the person in the crow's nest did. Okay. I look at everybody who is probably staring at me a little bit, and I just say, well, I don't think I'm cursed, but there is something more to this. And I look at Vapa and I say, we'll have to talk about this. I think this may be related to that vision I told you about. We we can, we, I think we should absolutely talk. Let's deal with whatever that is first. Then we will talk about that after, yes? Do you yes. feel okay? Yes, I, I feel okay. Should I keep this or should I, should we lock it in the chest? I, I think that question is best answered by you. I would like to keep this. I have a feeling it has something to do with the vision and maybe it will help me understand it better. I... Okay, I, I will keep an eye on you if you are worried, but... I'll be very careful. I won't do anything risky. Wow, this is a magnificent weapon. Well, that it is. And our view pulls away from the Gilded Lily as the conversation between Yuana and Vapa fades off into the distance. The sound of the waves overwhelms our senses as we glide across the water. A fish breaches the water and goes over us, splashes down. As we move closer and closer to this ship, or this mast sticking out of the ocean, in the wind we can see the flag of the Emporo ship, the very same ship that you, adventurers, narrowly dodged when you broke the spyglass on your way to Strider's Landing. As we approach, you can see that this section of the ocean has a bit of a sandbar. Shimmering beneath the water, you can see a menagerie of colors and shapes of the coral reef that has been built up upon this sandbar. And as we approach, something strange catches our eye. There are bits of wood floating in the water, 
crates and barrels drifting lazily in the surf here. And as we get closer and closer to the wreckage, we dip beneath the waves. And below the water, we see a ship. Carved into its side is a large hole, say 40 feet across. And the bottom of this ship is stuck to the coral reef here. Except our thoughts would first think it was the coral attaching to it, the same way that the coral appeared on the axe. But this ship is frozen to this coral reef by mounds and mounds of ice, which is strange considering how hot it is outside. Circling around this shipwreck, we see strange fish that resemble sharks, but their maw is curled and twisted into a spiral. And they're circling the ship as we can see blood in the water. Hello, pirates, and thank you for sticking around. I already talked about our world-building episodes, so there's nothing new to wedge in here at the end. Hmm. How about a compliment? You're doing a great job. Our theme song titled A New Hero in Town was created by Kevin McLeod. We use his work a lot throughout our production, so check out Incomputech Music for more of the cool stuff that he does. That's royalty-free, so you can use it too. Our ambient tracks for this episode were created by Sword Coast Soundscapes, which you'll find linked in our episode description. In addition, we also work with Dark Fantasy Studio to bring a little bit of creepy ambience to this experience. Stay healthy, and see you soon. And that's where we're going to end. It's a chainsaw shark. <laughs> Why does it chainsaw all onto itself? Ooh. It looks... ah. They actually existed. We have skeletons of them. If you haven't caught on, Asperon is filled with prehistoric animals from our planet that haven't really survived all those extinctions. Uh, how does that even work? Like, I don't know. It's stupid. Maybe the bottom like, uncurls at, like, when it snatches on the something. Probably. And then it, but... can, it can just scratch the top of its nose? I don't know what the point of this is. <laughs> I assume it's kind of like a, a grapple. Like it can reach out and grab you mm-hmm. with it. Because they're fairly large. They're like, the, a great, they're like great white pig. Oh.